3: <clears throat> You're listening to the Sands Pants Network. Home of comedy, <laughs> culture, <laughs> adventures, and ghosts. This is
1: News Fighters. Where we fight the news so you don't have to.
0: With Dylan Behan. Yes, hello, welcome to News Fighters. A somewhat humorous look back at the week in Australian news, politics, and media. Presented by me, Dylan Bain. The Joe Manchin... Of news comedy. And stick around because my interview guest on today's show is the acclaimed stand-up comedian and host of the news comedy podcast The Gargle. It's Alice Fraser. You know, if
2: you if you're doing something every week, you want to have some positive impact. You want to give
0: people the tools to deal with the world. But first up, it's a special day because today marks the end of Melbourne's sixth lockdown.
2: Now, excited Melburnians are
1: counting down to midnight for the start of Freedom Friday. The countdown to Freedom
0: Friday. Freedom Friday. Yes, Freedom Friday. Of course, they had to do everything a bit more formally than us up here in Sydney, where we just called it... This morning, Freedom
2: Day in Sydney after over 100 days in lockdown. Finally, Freedom Day has
0: arrived. Yes, so
2: excited. hip hooray, it's a Freedom
0: Day. Yes, here in Sydney, October 11th was our Freedom Day for fully vaccinated people. But with thousands of Delta cases still out in the community after us having months of zero COVID here in Australia, I... Couldn't tell you what I was more excited for, Uh, going to the cinemas and getting COVID, going to the cafe and getting COVID, uh, going to the gym and getting COVID. The options really were endless. But of course, there was one place everyone wanted to head to on Freedom Day.
2: As the clock struck midnight, Sydney's pub doors were thrown
0: open. In fact, every man and his dog is here at the pub today, enjoying the atmosphere. Who thought we'd be doing a live cross into the news to tell you that Pubs are open and there are people
3: inside. Jackson, how long have you been here for this morning? Oh, straight at 11am. First, first drinks at 11am, so got here nice and early.
0: This is probably the best day of my life, I want to be honest. but <laughs>
3: The best day of your life. It's good to be back. Is it good to be back? Bloody hell. I'm here to party
2: finally. This is what I was born and made for. The pub. Look at everyone. All, I look around and I see serotonin.
0: Uh, yes, bartender, I'll have what she's having. The drink that makes you see serotonin everywhere. Thanks. And if you're wondering why everyone was heading to the pub, well, supposedly nothing beats that taste of old beer from a stale keg down a dirty line out of filthy tap into a warm dish-watered glass, supposedly. The first sip of a Freedom Frothy draft beer fresh from the tap.
3: How's that taste? Mate, that tastes fantastic. Really good. Beers taste better on tap, so good to be back. A
0: beer on tap. It just tastes better. Ah, yes. Great to be out of lockdown. Sorry, what? $11 for a schooner? I think I'll just get a six-pack and go sit in the park again like I did for the last few weeks. That That was much cheaper. Yes, but it wasn't just the schooner glassware people are excited for. Cafes, pubs, clubs,
3: restaurants are all open again, serving people inside. They're finally able to sit down and eat off ceramic plates again. It's been more than 100 days. Yes, that's right. 100
0: days without ceramic plates. And don't I know it. This whole lockdown, I was eating uh, with my hands out of a hole in the ground because, of course, during lockdown, all the ceramic plates were being used. For other things.
3: This video was posted to Instagram, apparently accidentally overnight. It shows Nadia Bartel appearing to snort a white substance off a plate. But
0: it wasn't just the pub. People were also keen to get down to the shops and uh, buy some much-needed essential items.
2: What are you looking to buy today? I'm just looking to buy everything, basically, because I'm here after four months.
0: Yes, hello, shopkeeper. One of everything, please. And then this week, on October the 18th, when we finally reached 80% double dose vaccinated, finally, Sydney Ciders got their culture back. Fully vaccinated Sydney Ciders, finally able to savour a sip
3: standing up. I think it's really a big part of our Australian culture to be able to stand up at a bar and have a beer. Yes, a part of Australian culture.
0: France is known for its fashion, Italy for its Renaissance art, Denmark for its architecture and design, and you know. In Australia, we're the home of drinking, standing up. Put that on our tourist brochures for our next uh, Tourism Australia campaign. You want culture? Come to Australia, the home of drinking, standing up. What's that? You want to see the Opera House of the Great Barrier Reef? Nah, overrated, mate. Have you tried standing and drinking a VB? That's real Aussie culture right there. One man who did have a beer on Freedom Day was Sydney Inner West Nirvana fan and federal opposition leader Anthony Albanese, who sculled an entire schooner In front of TV cameras, because, you know... Australia. And of course, in response, Sky News was like, uh, he didn't do it right.
3: Did it look like he was struggling a bit in the last couple of sips? <laughs> that's what I thought. I thought Bob Hawke, it was pretty, you know, it wasn't a yard glass. I mean, Bob Hawke did yeah. a yard glass at yeah. Oxford, didn't he? Look, they're the two politicians that I know of have had beers named after them. So there's that connection. But he's got a way to go on the approval ratings, elbow
0: Yes, that's right. I forgot News Poll had that all-important question about beer sculling approval. That Albo's somehow behind in. Personally, I just think Albo deserves a massive round of applause for managing to finish an entire schooner of the Albo Corn Ale from Willie the Boatman, the beer that's named after him because it's <laughs> really, it really tastes awful. Anyways, for more uh, inner West hipster craft beer ratings, make sure to follow me on the app Untapped, username Dialabolical. Meanwhile, on Freedom Day, National's leader Barnaby Joyce couldn't help but mention that he was doing some pork barrelling.
1: How significant is Freedom Day for the national economy?
3: Well, it's incredibly important, and like being down here in the Hunter Valley, where you could go to this gym, where we're about to give $25.7 million. Ah,
0: yes. Finally, our coalition politicians can be out and about, once again awarding grants with our tenders in the months before an upcoming federal election. Nature is healing. Life is returning to normal. Of course, being Freedom Day didn't have much freedom for everyone going back to work. I don't think anyone can remember a time when Sydney Sydneysiders were so excited on a Monday morning to get back into the city and get back to work. Yeah, and just listen how excited everyone was to get back to work. Not ready for the work, but need to work. But really happy for today. Yeah, how excited am I to be going back to work? Well, I just had 100 days of playing Animal Crossing and now I have to go back to the old world of exchanging my manual labour for money to pay my bills overthrow the system. Also this week, office workers had another great incentive for getting out of their active wear and back to the corporate coalface. Vaccinated workers lured into office blocks with a big incentive.
3: Staff have been pretty reluctant to come back to the office until they could be not wearing masks. Now I can see someone smile, I can tell if they're angry, it's wonderful. Oh,
0: it's so great, now without masks I can see my co-workers clenched teeth and sarcastic grin and how much he hates me, himself, life, the world and everything. <laughs> great stuff. Also, with vaccination rates about to hit 80%, interstate travel is about to start
3: returning to normal, but not just yet. A big step forward today with the Victorian border pretty much back to normal. No tests, no quarantine... No worries. As long as you're fully vaccinated, you can fly from Sydney to Melbourne, get off the plane and do as you please. The catch? New South Wales still lists Victoria as a hotspot, so you'll need to isolate for two weeks when you get home. Oh, Steve, I haven't seen you in
0: the office for two weeks. Where have you been? Well, I flew to Melbourne for three hours for a meeting without realising that when I got back, I had to quarantine for two weeks. Yes, yeah, so and November 1st is slated for when we'll get international travel back in New South Wales.
3: That's also the day we can go almost anywhere on earth when the international border reopens and the world is once again our oyster. Ironically, it'll mean we can get to Quebec before we get to Queensland.
0: Yeah, not that I think Sydney sider's would like to go to either, though. I mean, one is full of arrogant, monocultural, non-English-speaking, inbred, parochial buffoons and the other is Quebec. But according to the new New South Wales Premier, Dominic Perrottet, why would you want to go to anywhere else anyways? Everyone should be coming here.
3: We're rejoining the wall and we're rejoining on 1 November and we want returning Australians to come back. I want those from other states who want to come back, come through, come through, uh, come through Sydney. Sydney is Australia's truly only global city. Ah, yes,
0: a truly global city. You know, where you can't get a train after midnight, a restaurant meal after 9pm, a coffee after 3pm, or a drink after 3am. You know, a global city. But hang on, if New South Wales is such an in-demand global city then why is the New South Wales government going to give the giant airline multinationals $60 million in free money just to come back here?
3: There's also $60 million to woo back international airlines to Sydney with the offer to pay for empty seats. We should
0: not be arrogant enough to think that just because we've reopened the border or we've removed quarantine, that every commercial operator around the world is just going to come back to Australia. Yes, New South Wales Tourism Minister Stuart Ayres there, somehow forgetting that we've all been stuck on this hill island for almost two years, unable to leave and unable to have our overseas families visit. I mean, of course there's going to be demand to get off this prison aisle. I mean, I'm so desperate for a holiday. I'm ready to pay good money just so I can get away from Dominic Perrottet's Clumsy awkwardness and inability to speak properly.
3: Uh, he's just not um, opening for the uh, for the time since the pan- uh, we've been closed during lockdown. I ain't speaking at
0: Perrottet. There's some exciting news arriving for his household.
3: Premier Dominic Perrottet had a big grin on his face today when he revealed he and wife Helen are expecting their seventh child.
0: Yes, the big grin of someone who's just admitted to the media he's actually had sex. Guys, I did it! Yes, the seventh child. For Dominic Perrottet, given he's under 40, I'm not quite sure how he fits them all in his studio apartment because that's all millennials in Sydney can afford. Speaking of state premiers, Western Australian Premier Mark McGowan sent his congratulations to us in New South Wales on us uh, finally opening up after 100 days in lockdown.
1: They're all getting excited about having a haircut and drinking a beer, whereas we've been able
2: to have haircuts and drink beers uh, for a long period of time.
0: Ah, thanks, Mark. Thanks for your support there. we really, We really appreciate it out here. Jeez, this guy. Can you imagine what kind of a condolence card Mark McGowan would write? Sorry, your wife died. Not sure why you're talking about it, though. My wife is still alive, and we can go to the pub and get haircuts whenever we like. Cheer up. Back in New South Wales, and now with hopefully the worst of the pandemic behind us, it was time for the government to thank the frontline healthcare workers by basically making them into a crap, vivid installation and projecting them onto the Opera House. A milestone also celebrated at the Sydney Opera House, a special tribute to frontline workers. Ah, oh, what a rare honour. That that shows the New South Wales government values our frontline healthcare workers uh, almost as much as uh, horses in a horse race. After days of debate, the promotion of a Sydney horse race on the Opera House went ahead last night. But protesters did make their presence felt as the barrier draw was beamed onto the sails Look, to be fair, I think the New South Wales government uh, actually does value our uh, frontline essential healthcare workers as much as horses in that they would like to also pay them in hay and oats, uh, ride them around, whipping them, uh, working them to death before taking them out the back and shooting them in the head, and then finally turning them into glue. Well, look, I don't know about you, it's been a long few months, but finally, I'm feeling some closure on our segment. Delta Farce. Yeah, guys, this segment might be over. I might be putting it to bed. I mean, we're almost all vaccinated. Life is returning to normal. Slowly, all the anger over the incompetent mismanagement of this outbreak and the botched vaccine rollout is just starting to fade away. It's hard to believe, but the worst of the COVID-19 pandemic might finally be behind us. Maybe we can rejoin the rest of the well-vaccinated world living with COVID. Countries like The UK,
3: Israel, and Singapore. Uh, How are they going again? Britain's COVID cases are surging with close to 50,000 new infections in the past 24 hours alone. There are now warnings the UK's health system is stumbling into a crisis.
0: It thought it had vaccinated its way out of the pandemic, but now Israel is in the midst of its fourth wave, with the number of daily new infections steadily rising to more than 6,000 now, a 6 months
3: high. That's what happened in Singapore, with roughly the same population as Sydney and 83% of adults fully vaccinated. They've had almost 47,000 new cases in the past month.
2: Protection against coronavirus starts to reduce within six months of people being fully vaccinated with the Pfizer or AstraZeneca vaccines. Ah,
0: goddammit. I guess I better go to the pub now and have that beer standing up while I still can, because that's really a big part of Australian culture.
1: Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it.
0: All right, joining me now on News Fighters is one of Australia's um, top stand-up comedians and also host of the weekly international news comedy podcast, The Gargle. It's Alice Fraser. Alice, how are you going today? I'm very well. How are you? Good. Now, um, tell me a bit about your stand-up career and history. Now, I understand you used to be a corporate lawyer. Is that correct?
2: (laughs) Very briefly, yes. Yeah, I studied law and I I worked at what they call a top-tier law firm, uh, long enough to realize that that was not for me, um, and then moved into stand up and then sort of fell into satire. You know, to the, I didn't ever expect that that would be what I would end up doing, but it sort of lured me in, I guess, by virtue of being somewhere where it has a, a couple of things that I enjoy, which is people reward you for being smart, which they don't always in stand up. Um, not
0: in Australia. <laughs>
2: Not in Australia, but it's a sort of a space where you're allowed to be witty and smart mm. without necessarily, you know, uh, and then also uh, I love a deadline. I love a deadline and oh, I love a, hey, write a joke about this. Mm. So at the moment I'm, I, I write for the news quiz on the BBC and I do the gargle and then I appear on the bugle regularly. And last year I did the um, the last post, which was daily, which was really fun.
0: Um, so, how did you make the leap from stand-ups to podcasting? I think we both have maybe a little Irrational Fear connection there. Is that correct?
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I started my podcast Tea with Alice, which is like an interview mm-hmm. chat over tea thing. And then I think I think it was The Bugle getting recruited onto The Bugle, which probably wouldn't have happened without Irrational Fear, um, feeling confident enough in my skills it, at writing satire to be able to then do Irrational Fear, um, and then after that to be able to do The Bugle and then the spin-off shows from The Bugle, which is The Last Post in The Gargle.
0: Um, Yeah, and for people who don't know, the the Bugle world of, of uh, comedy podcasts, what's the difference? So the the Gargle you host, that's a weekly one, and, but before okay, the Gargle so you did the so last the bugle, yeah.
2: yeah, so the Bugle originally was John Oliver and Andy Zaltzman mm-hmm. and they did that for 10 years and then John Oliver got his own show and didn't have time for the Bugle anymore and then he brought in Andy, – Andy Zaltzman brought in a rotating co-hosts and for mm-hmm. some reason – I just hit with the audience, you know, for whatever reason, there was a crossover Venn diagram overlap in, in our sensibilities. And I, I got a lot of really positive feedback, like unwarrantedly positive feedback, which just never happens on the internet. (laughs) Um, But, you know, like my brother was like, are you paying people to say nice things about you? And I was like, no, (laughs) I didn't, didn't know that was an option. But um, then I did the last post, which was, a daily satirical news podcast set in an alternate dimension, and we did that for 366 days during wow. the lockdown, uh, sorry, during the pandemic.
0: This was last year, this was last all year. of 2020, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. the leap yep. year, yes. <laughs> uh,
2: and and then um, sort of decided that I didn't want to keep doing daily content, uh, particularly in this alternate universe, and it sort of wrapped up the universe and so launched the gargle and both the last post and the gargle have something in common, which is that I don't have to write about the same news. Mm-hmm. The thing that I found really heartbreaking, if I was doing like, for example, the gargle and the news quiz in a week was you'd have the same stories coming around again and again and again, Trump, Brexit, Trump, Brexit, yep, Trump, yep, Brexit, yep. and you have to write new Trump. jokes about that stuff again and again, and again. Which is an interesting creative challenge, but it's also kind of heartbreaking, you know? So the last post set in an alternate universe means that you can decide which news seeps through. To the mm-hmm. other dimension, and then the gargle is um, presented as a as a the glossy magazine. So the bugle sells itself as a the audio newspaper for, for a visual mm-hmm. world, and the gargle is the glossy magazine to that audio newspaper. So we deal with technology and science and fashion and um, yep. all it's like of the, the family Good Weekend
0: and, equivalent. Yeah, exactly yep,
2: that, yep, yep. Uh, which just gives me the opportunity to not have to make another joke about.
0: Brexit, And is that Um, that why the gargle is – because you've used the catchphrase like uh, apolitical satire, and is that just so you don't have to do the same jokes twice, or is it just to take a mental break from the nightmare of the world we're we're living in?
2: (laughs) Well, well, both, because I will almost certainly every week at least be doing something where I am engaging with the news news, Mm. so it's not entirely a mental break for me, but it Mm. is avoiding having to think – again and again, or deeply engaged with these really depressing stories sometimes. <laughs> uh, and particularly the politics where it's just, you know, just assholes saying stupid <laughs> things to make stupid people angry. And you know, they don't mean the things that they're saying, but they're just saying them and it's so cynical. And there's something about it that just leaves such a, a bad taste in your mouth. And you're like, what part am I playing in this cycle mm-hmm. of, of outrage? And it wears, and you I don't down. Yeah, wears you down
0: as well, I'm sure. Yeah.
2: You, It it wears you down and and then also partly they're saying it to outrage people. So how can you engage with it in a way that's useful and and productive and helpful? And not that comedy has to be helpful and useful, (laughs) but, you know, if if you're doing something every week, you want to have some positive impact. You want to give people the tools to deal with with the world, Mm. whether that's laughing at it or taking it more lightly, but you certainly don't want to be doing the same joke that other people are doing. And you certainly Mm -hmm. don't want to be doing the same joke again and again and again, and getting predictable. So for me, the gargle is just very much, I I have the story. I can write about it. I can be political in a sort of sideways way Mm. in the way that everything's political, man, Mm -hmm. you know, but it, it just means that I don't have to read up on what, you know, what the latest (laughs) neo-Nazi fuckwit said to get everyone headed up. Uh, Because more and more, even with the news satire stuff, I find myself covering or focusing more on the coverage of a story than on what the politician said. Because the politicians are acting and and performing purely for the media and they're trying to manipulate the media in certain ways and the the media is responding in certain ways as well that become... That, that's quite interesting to me.
0: Mm. I know a lot, of, a lot of my COVID coverage is I've tried to criticise the coverage of what's happening, but you just end up criticising the politicians and it's so draining that when an earthquake happens, you're like, oh, good, something else.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, you know, like this thing of, of, of also giving politicians too much power because yes, yes, they yes. are just people, mm. you know, and the idea that there's some sort of grand battle of good versus evil happening is such a simplistic way of looking at it um, when in fact it's just people sort of muddling along in these slightly corrupted systems and the solution is not to burn the systems down mm-hmm. it's sort of to figure out a way through them and that, that everything feels so, you know, if you're if you're realistic everything feels quite compromised and that can be a bit depressing.
0: One of the things I love about The Gargle is it feels, and tell me if this was done on purpose, it feels like an international show. Like one week you had guests on from three continents. Are you purposely trying to make it like a global show?
2: Yes, as much as possible, yes, because it is this incredible thing that we have now that's such a relatively Mm. new thing of being able to talk to a global audience and to have this um, insight from different parts of the world and to have different different, uh, approaches to things. I, I, yeah, I, I love having people from all over the world. I mean, it does mean often I'll have to wake up and work at 2 o'clock in the morning um, <laughs> because I don't want to make them wake up at 2 o'clock in the morning, particularly if it's like US and UK. Mm. That's the hardest. Uh, Is like West Coast, US, and UK. It's very hard to find a crossover point. But, yeah, we have guests in India. We have guests all over. And even within the countries, I like to have a, a variety of people with different I mean, obviously, comedy tends to skew left, but with different perspectives on things I like.
0: Covering the news every week, what are some of the funniest stories or things that just spring to mind? Because the the, the correspondence brings stories every week. What has left you, what has left an impression on you?
2: Well, one of the lovely things about doing it is that the correspondence got very so correspondence is just anyone who wants mm-hmm. to send us a story in on twitter mm-hmm. and we, we we give them credit at the end mm-hmm. of the show because my dad was a copyright guy and i like <laughs> to give credit where credit is due but uh how quickly people got the idea of what the show was mm-hmm. that it has its own unique flavor it's not the bugle it is its own thing we are fascinated by by different things um uh, uh, like i love a weird science story mm-hmm. that's my favorite um but actually i find the 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 things that are most productive for comedy are not necessarily the stories that are funniest on their face mm. because then you're just saying you're not 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 someone else's joke but the universe's joke you know that there was a deer born with three penises lol like there's nothing that you can say about that that's funny yeah. Yeah. that's funnier than the original um inciting incident so i quite like a story that isn't funny with the with not to get really inside baseball, but with the <laughs> Bugle podcast, I have a, a running joke uh, about flamingos, okay. which is that I don't like them. And in reality, because comedy isn't always true, uh, I have no strong feelings about flamingos. But there was a story, I think, uh, that someone sent in about a bunch of teenage boys kicking some flamingos to death. Oh. And that is not a funny story. It was a mm. really sad story. And just a, a you know miserable story that reflects the worst of humankind. and I thought, how do I make this funny? You know, and, and so th- from that, I decided I'm going to take their side. I'm going to lean in on this. I'm going to be anti-flamingos, and that's just a yep. <laughs> trying to get devil's advocate, t- turning it inside out, trying to find where the where the joke is here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so from there, one of the more kind of popular. <laughs> Can you have a popular joke, popular running jokes of of my career? Okay, a hook,
0: yeah, 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 a hook, mm.
2: and that I wouldn't have come if the story had been inherently funny. Flamingo poos on gatekeeper's head, or whatever. You know, like if it was an inherently funny story, I wouldn't have had to work so hard to find something
0: in it. Um, terrific. Uh, before we go, tea with Alice is your other podcast. Big controversy: milk first, milk second. Look, I am not a tea snob.
2: I am a Ooh, tea fan.
0: You're, you're both so sides in the milk.
2: Whatever makes happy. <laughs> I'm a fence sitter. I think, I think whatever makes you happy is the correct way to do it. Um,
0: controversial. I
2: tend to drink uh, Japanese green tea, so no milk at
0: all. Controversial. <sighs> that is controversial. That is controversial. Well, a very inspiring chat. You're inspiring me to be a, to be a better satirist. Um, where can people <laughs> find you and uh, your shows?
2: um f- well find me online at, at alliterative on twitter and instagram it's a-l-i-t-e-r-a-t-i-v-e or you can support all of my stuff at patreon.com slash alicefraser where i put up free uh, mainly free stuff i don't really believe in paywalls so it's you don't actually have to subscribe to get most of my stuff it's podcast blogs uh, all of my standout specials um i have a weekly tea with alice salon where we all just chat about stuff um that's all there patreon.com slash Fraser.
0: All right, thanks again for being on the show. Alice Fraser, cheers. Thank you for having me. Thank you. All right, that's News Fighters for today, the 22nd of September, 2021. News Fighters is written, produced, and edited by me, Dylan Bain, for Sans Pants Radio. All right, everyone, thanks for tuning in. Just a heads up that uh, due to ongoing day job work that I need to pay my rent, News Fighters is going to be a little more sporadic and loosey-goosey. Maybe a bit more freeform uh, over the next month or so before I take a Christmas break. But uh, do keep tuning in. Uh, there will be episodes. They're going to be lots of fun. And then coming up at the end of the year, I'm doing my big year in review uh, end of year special uh, that, that is going to come out a bit before Christmas. So uh, lots to look forward to. we got uh, COP26 coming up in a couple of weeks as well. So please stay tuned. A big thank you to Alice Fraser for being on the show. Don't forget to check her out on Twitter at Alliterative and her podcast, The Gargle, on all your podcasting apps. And don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube and your podcasting app of choice to support the show and get monthly bonus episodes even this month. Uh, You can pay to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or join our Patreon at patreon.com slash newsfighters. Or you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash newsfighters. Also, we refuse to advertise on Facebook, so sign up for our free Substack newsletter at newsfighters.com. All right, now, here it is, your whiff of pine. Uh, I like the bear pit. I do like the bear pit. Mm. This is what I don't... See, I I liked the chamber a lot. So you know what's interesting? One of my favourite things about politics was the chamber.
3: The big difference between you and me
0: is that I don't like the bear pit. Is that right? I'm not a bear pit person. I'm a bear pit person. I think people assume
3: I'm a bear pit person.
1: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands.